It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, this is Aisha Elliott, and you're listening to Black Girl from Eugene. Thank you and welcome. First and foremost, as I always do, I want to thank my Patreons, the folks who have been supporting this podcast, even in my lowest times and in my most triumphant times. I appreciate your loyalty and generosity. So um, please, please um, have and feel all the freedom to leave me messages if you'd like to hear me speak on a certain topic or not. And I'd be happy to listen to you. And obviously, the people who are supporting me through my Patreon would get first dibs. And, of course, have a bi-weekly community conversation on Patreon, which is really worth the conversation, really worth the hour people who are there are very encouraging and just a really great group of people. $5 would get you in the door and we would love to have you there. Okay, to the topic at hand. Um, I am talking today just about perspective, loss, fear, greed. It feels like in the last three years it has escalated to the point of no recognition of moral resolution, moral resolve. Um, And I don't even like want to say it is, I think we conflate humanness and then try to put that within politics, within the government, within, and I I just, you know, as I get older, I just hate to sound like folks I used to argue with about, you know, the conspiracy and idea that the government, you know, doesn't reflect people. And I, in this weekend, in this time, in this space where we're at right now, at the end of 2023, you know, the USA just vetoed a ceasefire in the complete and, and, and total erasure, erasure of Palestine. And I don't think I have ever felt so dismayed at our position in the global moral story. It's weird because as a black woman and a survivor of police brutality, I quite understand how disgusting the U.S. has a history of being with people of color, especially black people. I mean, it's historic, it's it's tradition, it's within our food, it's within the music, it's within how we have erased, you know, the brilliance of the black community, you know, since its inception of this country. And I don't, it's not a secret. And it's really in everyone's faces. And what's great about 2020 was that it finally came to like everyone's table without permission because everyone else was choosing comfort. And there's plenty of people who I don't think are actually choosing comfort anymore. They're just in straight denial and, and refusal to come to the point where 
they can quite understand that complacency is one thing, but, and, and I'm trying to like let a, people understand that they can still be in the conversation even when they have actually chosen complacency. The reason why I say people who are choosing complacency can still be in the conversation is because we continuously and, and, and pretty consistently blame each other for the way that the world works. And the truth of the matter is, is that the indoctrination of colonialism is something that is why we maintain practices that work against us. The socialization of white supremacy globally can translate to different things, but it's the same. Capitalism is cloaked into freedom. And it's, and it's not true. Like, and then like, you know, then we can have these definitions or like, oh, from this angle, this is what the definition means. From this angle, this is what the definition means. And trust me, you know, I'm all for context. Hello. And of course, cultural context and ethnic context. And, but the thing, the context that we don't generally put into the conversation is the governmental context in which put us here in the first place. I am so tired of talking about how we, as a people are scrapping for dignity, scrapping for dignity. And we don't talk about the systems and structures in which that has us here, that holds us here. And it's not even like complex. I'm not talking about complex changes. You know, I'm just talking about looking at a critical eye of why. Why do we do the things we do? Why do we decide that, you know, Somebody who has been elected, and I'm air quoting, elected into office, is the wisest of them all. Why, why do we do that? Why, if you have money, and generally not money that you've earned from zero up, but, you know, wealth, which means, you know, generationally, your family has been in a position in order to gain wealth. Do we, as a society, put that as the equation to, to wisdom? It's, it's not the same. It's, it's not even in the same ballpark. And it just, it, it's, it's so, it's so discouraging for me as a black woman to listen to people who want to maintain that, maintain through religion or through identity that there is a, a, a pace, a space of superiority or, or, or right to anything when the global majority of this planet doesn't have that right, which means it continues the perpetuation of the same supremacy lie. You know, even if it's like, you know, we're coming from the bottom, now we're here, we still have to recognize that it doesn't equate as the same. It's not the same. And I mean the same as in like equal and balanced in the same manner, in the same circumstances, in the same direction. The dog, the dogmatic position is I, I would hope, I would have hoped by this time in our world that we recognize that the benefit that we perceive to have due to privilege and access is really not an earned privilege. It's a placed privilege. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that people don't fight their way to the top. But if you have to fight <laughs> your way to the top, that means that there is something saying that you are not 
that, that you have to be worthy of something. Meaning that, and, and I don't want you to mix my words, because when I say worthy of something, it, it's about value that isn't placed on human, again, dignity. The value is commercialized. And you generally don't benefit from that value. Your value is actually placed into somebody else's pocket, right? Or someone else's back. And if you own it, and if you're the one who's like, I created this for my hands, you know, from the dirt on my shoes and the underneath my nails, then you also realize, and you know this deep in your heart, that the money and the jobs and the, and the livelihood that you give to other people, it's almost impossible to do it equitably based on what you have to pay to the government in order to just run your business. You see, it's, it's all set up in a way that I don't, I don't know that we recognize just how much the food, the spoon that feeds us is, is, is actually the same coming from the same hand that's beating us. I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's confusing, but I just, I just want to say it out loud that, you know, I don't, I don't, whenever these kind of things happen and throughout the world's history is continuously in the same kind of fashion, right? It's, it's predictable. There's, there's science to it. People, have studied it. There's, they say, you know, in order to get to this point of erasure of a whole society and community and religion and whatever, it's like there are certain things that happen. So it's cyclic. Like, you know, you can, it's not like, oh my God, something wild happened. No, it's like these things happen in order, in order for that to happen. And I just want us as a society to start looking at what is happening that we just are are trained to turn a blind eye to not because they said hey turn a blind eye but because they taught us that doesn't have value and and the matter of the fact is is that who determines the value if it wasn't you and it wasn't like family and it wasn't like who benefits you then i guarantee you the value that has been placed on your dignity your sovereignty is to benefit someone else's greed in this society. So I guess what I'm saying is the the skill of critical thinking and the compassion of realizing when someone's red in their face screaming, we deserve this, it's our right. We can then look at that person with compassion and understand that they have been bamboozled. And it's sad. And they're fighting with all of their heart for something that would switch on them and, and, and erase them in the same manner if they ever were to stop. The fear of that maintains people's blind courage. And I say it's blind because what people are defending is not something you can take to the grave with you. You know, what people are defending, you know, passes down to generations with a legacy of death and despair. And then we have to translate that into pride so that the loss that was tied to that gain is not felt. So we erase the humanization of the experience. But if you're the victor, you know, it, to me, it's like if it's a clean fight, then you know how it is in boxing. They thank their opponent because in all things equitable, they make sure they weigh about the same. They make sure their skill sets are about the same. They make sure, 
you know, that their, their, their size and their, and their time is about the same, right? They make sure that the fight is fair. And when the fight is fair, whoever loses lost on fair ground. Everyone had the same shit. Everyone had the same powers. Everyone had the same access. Everyone had the same everything. And who won was someone with better skill. We're not, we're not actually doing that ever in how we have gained any of our land access, any of our water access, how we have gained, and, and, and please recognize what I'm saying, gained access. Someone's holding it. These are natural phenomena in the world. Water, land, you know, marriage, who you believe in. The only reason why that needs to have a sense of control or regulation is, is exactly, I just said it, is, is for control and direction. But if we highlighted dignity, right, and wisdom, it would be a different scenario. And I don't want to be idealistic, but I am. That's just who I am. You don't talk to me, I'm going to give you the rosy. And my roses have thorns. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, naive. But the idea for me is people who are underdeveloped in their minds through trauma, through abuse, through poverty that has been, that has been curated by our state, right? By our government. It, it's something that, that we are victims of. And without having compassion and critical thinking, we'll literally blame the person next door instead of understanding that the circumstances are unnatural and not what's happening everywhere in the world. Our circumstances are not happening everywhere in the world. I don't, I, we, and, and God, I hate to like sound like all the memes, but we are literally the only country that doesn't have healthcare. Like, what are we talking about right now? We are banning life and death choices of women. We are, we are banning and complicating the ability for black folks to vote. Because why? Because something is not equitable and they know it. Something cannot be fairly shared. Something cannot be fairly visible. Something cannot be fairly and transparently on the table. Something is being hidden. That is why certain groups of people and certain facets of, of our community are systemically shut down. It's interesting to me because we always talk about this problem of equitable everything, anything in our society, equitable. There's like 13% of black people who identify as black in the United States. 13%. So I just want that to be like, put that into perspective, right? Because if black folks aren't even half of the population of the United States, for all of the inequitable housing, education, healthcare, uh, judicial systems that come against black folks, what is that about? If black folks could engage at 100%, what are they afraid of? The truth of the matter is, is that the percentage of white folks, they're not, they're not organized either, right? They're not in a, they don't, they don't see each other as, as, as partners. They don't see each other with with respect and dignity. They don't trust each other. So they're like, hey, look, 
we're not going to talk to each other about any of this. We're gonna, we're rugged individualists. And since you guys are not, based on your community-based mindset, we have to break that up. We have to separate you. And if black people and brown people ever got together and decided that they were the same like white folks did, white folks, when they decided to be white versus, you know, Italian or English or, or Polish, there was a whole movement to erase their lineage to their ancestral countries and just maintain whiteness, whiteness and its whole developed idea of control and supremacy. See, so if black folks and brown folks decided that we could latch our elbows and make a chain of power and of access and platform and voices together, the global majority would then have control. And although the global majority do not work necessarily on vengeance, White folks in this idea, and I say folks meaning like the systemic ideas of, of power and, and, and supremacy, have such an idea of vengeance and, oh my God, if they ever have power, they'll come back for us. And we will, then what will we do? And no, literally, the main complaint of most black and brown groups is that they just want to live and not be bothered. Not that they even want to erase whiteness as whiteness, you know, as, as they, they exist. They want them to move over and make space so everyone can have some food. I mean, and I'm talking very simply, you know, I'm talking very generally, but it's just wild when I travel throughout the world and people generally are very sweet and nice and giving and kind. And then we have these these narratives that wipe across society that contradict that. And in that contradiction, we literally have lies lies that that then govern our decisions and the lies are not from our experiences right like again generally i mean like i said i am a victim of police brutality took me six years to recover from when they beat me up now do i walk around hating all police officers i don't trust them i'm gonna be up and up with you i don't trust people who are police officers do i hate them no No, I recognize that they are people who made choices. Do I trust them? No, I do not. Do I hate them? No, I do not. Right? Where did the hate come from? The fear behind hate. We cannot, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We, it's, it's difficult. I'm not going to say we cannot. It's difficult to close the gap when the narrative is circled in fear. Because what happens when you're fearful? You're defensive and you're protective and you're protective of what you believe to be, to, to defend, right? You're protecting your family, your life, your, your money, your, all of those things. But when we travel, we recognize that most of that fear is actually um, unnecessary because you can live your life and you can live, you know, and everyone else can live their life in a way that's more equitable than what we fear. We fear a loss that really isn't, what what am I trying to say? We fear loss that isn't actually real. Like the idea of if I say something and I lose my job, how will I feed my family? 
Well, the truth of it is you'll probably get another job and hopefully you'll get a job that is aligned to your values. I'm not saying it's easy. Oh yeah, I'm just going to find another job, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is our intentionality about how we exist in the world is possible. It's possible that you work for a place that aligns to your values. It is possible that you, that you experience cultures, even within your own neighborhood, in a respectful and with a cultural humility lens. You can share space. You know, you can be Jewish and love Muslim people. You can be Christian and love and respect Buddhism. You can do the both and. There is no reason that our life in any way has to be this or that. It, it doesn't work. It creates fear. It creates more fear to believe that you have no other option. And that's how control and supremacy works. Don't look over there. You might find something that's unsure. You don't know how that works, do you? What will happen to you if you don't know how to do this thing or do that thing? You see what I'm saying? Like that level of like, I don't have any trust in myself to be able to connect to the situation so that I can rise above the complication. Oh man, I, I have so, so much anxiety about that. Yeah, of course you do. We've never been trained. We've never been taught. We've never been thought of as a community that can connect. It's the fighting of individualism. You've never, of course it raises your anxiety because you're like, where do I fit in? How about there isn't one place for you to be? How about you can be wherever you choose to be? And I bet you the way that you show up will connect to somebody else and how they show up. Can you trust that? I've never seen that. How do I know? Because you don't. And when you're relational and you want to, to connect and forget about individualism and you want to connect to your community, you want to connect, it has to be intentional. And you have to say to yourself and your group and your family, we don't know what will happen, but we do know that we are kind and that our intention is to open up the door. We're not going to go with folks. We're not going to join gyms. We're not going to do these things that do not express an open door policy, that do not express a level of community-based approaches that don't reflect our values. And if we don't know, we promise to ask because we have to be intentional about building relationships with our people, with our neighbors, with our community. It's so funny how everyone's like, oh, the United States is such a melting pot. But is it? Are we melted? You know? It's like, oh, it's more like the salad bowl. Salad bowls are fine. <laughs> they, you put the ingredients in there to make it taste good. It's not a bunch of weird stuff all over the place that doesn't match. Somehow we're here. Somehow we understand. We, you know, we have to get up in the morning and go to work. We understand those things. Can we understand the people involved in those things? Can we understand how we contribute to your lived experience? You contribute to your own lived experience and you contribute to other people's lived experience, right? You're somebody else's story. You're somebody else's why, somebody else's is because, somebody else's I thought I couldn't until I saw. You're somebody else's that. Even with the smallest gestures, we live in a, in a world that, that requires us to function within community. The way that we exist, even our competition to white supremacy. 
we're looking at other people to see how good we are, right? Except for we're not taught to look at that as inspiration. We're taught to look at that as competition, fear. We're, we're, we are taught to operate through fear. So anyway, I don't want to, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, doing my everyday life and working the way I work and doing what I do. And I've been very quiet about how to survive, how to digest, I think, the world right now. And I'm very quiet because a sense of reactionary, a reaction that screams what's happening is super necessary. Someone has to scream what's happening and we have to make sure that we keep the real news and we keep a a global view on this level of just unabridged hatred and power that's happening in the world right now. I, it's not that I'm silent. It is that I recognize that we are at a peak and we're not even at the top of it, which is disgusting, but we're at, a, we're going to the peak of not seeing each other anymore. And because I recognize cycles, I also recognize what in those past cycles, what was missing. And what was missing is a space of grounding that didn't have consequence or labels to it. The grounding was to join, to bring and connect community without the condition of who you belong to. Uh, if you come with kindness and peace and generosity and a desire for balance, then sit next to me. I would love to sit next to you. We can expand a level of generosity that doesn't take from anything. It just expands. The stories of just telling someone that you love their hair, looking at a cultural clothing and know the name of it. It doesn't have to be what you wear. Know the name of it. Ask. Beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, I'm sorry to bother you. I wanted to tell you that I, you, you all are, are just beautiful. Say it to your sister. Say it to someone you haven't talked to. Say it to someone stranger on the street. You know, just try to maintain connectivity. And if your hand shakes as you reach out, just believe in what you want to see in the world. Believe in humanity. So if someone sees your hand shaking, maybe what they'll do is meet your hand with two hands to steady the shaking out. Maybe if your hand is shaking, when they reach their hand out, you'll notice that their hand is shaking too. All of us are not okay right now. And the competition of who needs to be better is only going to make this worse. None of us are okay. So how about we reach out and just say, hey, I see you and I appreciate that you're here. So I will leave you all with that because that's what I want to tell you. I see you. I see the struggle. I see the pain. I see the conflict. I also see the joy and I also see the determination and I also see human beings being human. 
I just want us to do it together. All right. I'll see you guys again in about a week. We're back on it with all the love in the world because the the love is still out there. (laughs) We are proof. This is Black Girl from Eugene, and I'll see you again soon. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.